Welcome to the Growing With Purpose podcast. I'm Paul Spiegelman, and we're going behind the scenes with very special leaders, learning about what shaped them into who they are in business and in life. My guests today are a father and son who continue to lead a successful business together. Tony Mayoni Sr. is the co-founder and now executive senior consultant with Core Management Services. In addition to consulting in the janitorial industry, Tony has developed software solutions that are transforming the industry. Tony is the president of the company, part of the second generation in this family business that has a passion for purpose, products, as well as their team members. Welcome, Tony Sr. and Tony. Thanks. Nice to be here. Thank you, Paul. Great to have you guys here. And, and uh, Tony, the, uh, it's been uh, great having you part of the Small Giants community and the Leadership Academy, and we've gotten to know you well over the years. I've gotten to talk to you and your dad over the years as well. So you guys just have a wonderful story together. But just for the, uh, the audience, Tony, talk a little bit about the just the company, what does core management services do? Who do you serve? Uh, a little bit about the company. Sure. Yeah, thanks, Paul. So uh, core management services is sort of the, the legal name, but um, in day-to-day consulting ops, we, we go by Core America. So the company is really a, a consulting and software company that focuses on helping others in the facility space and the janitorial space to optimize and re-engineer their cleaning programs. So we work with large universities, hospitals, school districts, you know, airports, malls, big, uh, big facilities, and we help them optimize their programs to hopefully achieve cleaner and safer buildings uh, at the right cost. And we do that through our consulting and our software products, most notably our, our Smart Inspect application. And um, happy to be here today. Excited to have this father-son conversation with you, Paul. Yeah. So in terms of the size of the company itself, how many employees in general? I don't know if you share revenues or anything like that, but uh, just give folks a, a scope sure. of the size of the company. Yeah, we have close to 40 employees today. Um, we work in all 50 states, seven or eight other countries around the world. Um, we're, we're headquartered in upstate New York in a city called Binghamton, but we're mainly you know, traveling on airplanes, visiting our our many customers to you know, walk their facilities, get a sense of their cleaning programs and their landscaping programs. And then we do a lot of the analysis and, and software work back at the home office. So uh, it's a ni- nice size company, big enough to be you know, really effective with large projects, but you know, still small enough where it's a very, very personal touch and, and we get to know everybody at, at a really intimate level. Yeah, so talk a little bit more about that. I, I know that you have been very focused on the culture of the organization, um, even even with a relatively small team there and serving U.S. plus even international, uh, how have you maintained that kind of more personal culture in an industry that may not be always known for that? Yeah, it's taken a lot of purposeful attention and honestly changes every year as we've been changing and evolving and how to best accomplish that. I would say in the in the early years, and, and just for some context, I've, I've been with Core America for 17 years. Uh, but the company itself was started in 1995 by Tony Senior. You know, in the early years when it was still kind of a founder-led model, uh, the personal touch was easy. You know, most of us worked 
in the same office. You know, there was 10 to 15 of us. We all knew each other, went out to lunch together, you know, rubbed shoulders with each other every day. Um, as we went through different periods of growth, that's where it became more of a challenge uh, and, and still is a challenge today. You know, we had something we have to keep an eye on. You know, I would say, you know, Small Giants itself was a huge help in that. That's sort of the reason I joined the community and did the Leadership Academy to learn how other companies of our size maintain that personal touch. And then, and we'll probably get into this later on, on the podcast, but you know, we went through kind of a series of rediscovering ourselves several years ago in terms of re you know, identifying our core values, our mission, our purpose, and then turning that into a lot of cultural uh, events and traditions that uh, are carrying us through uh, still today. Yeah, I would love to talk more about that because I remember when when you guys went through that. And that's that's the age-old question is, is how do you scale culture as you grow? You know, you're committed to it, but as you build the business, um, it becomes a little bit more difficult to honor some of those very personal traditions. Um, and yet there are best practices around that. So I'd love to hear more about what you guys are doing. So let's let's flip over to Tony Sr. for a while. Um, Tony, let's uh, talk about how you got this whole thing started. And, and really, I want to talk more about you first, just uh, how, what's the entrepreneurial background? Did that start with you or did that come from other, you know, your parents or other people in the family? Uh, sure, Paul. Uh, I guess uh, I was probably always entrepreneurial. You know, as a kid, I had the paper roots, sold candy bars, sold um, a little side business selling you know, safety kits for cars, always kind of, uh, you know, working toward some kind of uh, building of some kind of small business, even as a, as a kid. Uh, when I was in school, I went to school at Cornell, wanted to put ourselves through school. So what we did in late 1970s, is we began cleaning buildings at night. So took a part-time job here and there, started cleaning and vacuuming, and little by little learned the business and by the time we, I had, uh, you know, graduated from Cornell, cleaning business was up and running. We had a nice 40 or 50 employee company by then and uh, really learned the business from the ground up. My, my brother Dave was my partner. He's younger by four years. So we put ourselves through school and then we stayed with that uh, until uh, the mid-90s. So it was it was just a, an approach, and, and the good thing was we came across many great mentors early in the process. Uh, I had uh, a local banker. You know, we had no money. We worked out of my parents' house. Our office was down in their basement. To this day, I have my first business card on my desk. It was called Mayoni Janitorial Service, and my mother's phone number, my parents' phone number, uh, is on the card to this day. So we would borrow my mother's vacuum and go out and clean at night. It was a real family affair. She went on to be our office manager for many years and uh, just, you know, always thought of uh, business as a family venture. Once we got into the 90s, you know, started really becoming a student of the industry uh, I was looking around and I thought, you know what, there's a disconnect between the people that provide the services, companies like the one I was running at the time, and the people that need the services. There's a real whole middle ground where they need to develop a common language. You know, what should the statement of work be? What should the expectations be? So 
um, decided to throw our hat in as a consultant. I mean, here's how it happened. It was pretty interesting. I was uh, I got a call from a place called the Eaton Center. It was in Norwich, New York, uh, and they were looking for a cleaning company. So I went, and there was a fellow that was uh, holding the conference, an RFP kickoff conference, and there were several other cleaning companies in the in the uh, room at the table. And I could tell that the person presenting did not have much background. And I also could tell that I did not have a very good chance of winning it. There's so many companies in the room. So at the end of the meeting, I crossed out cleaning company. I walked up to the front. I handed the fellow my card and I wrote the word consultant on there. And we were, you know, a little smaller back then. So by the time I got back to the office, there was an answering machine with his voice. He said, I really need your help. So I went back and I disqualified myself from bidding on the job and I became his consultant. And the goal was to save him money, improve his quality and give him some tools to measure his quality. And um, we succeeded. And, uh, you know, he actually was the person that gave me my first testimonial. And it was uh, back in October of 1995 where he thanked, uh, you know, it was just me at the time. Thank me for the uh, good job, helping him to improve his program. And and I knew I was hooked right then and there. So by the end of 95, I, I left the cleaning company and uh, went full time into uh, what was then Core Management Services. Today we go by Core America. So that was kind of like the first step toward, uh, you know, what has evolved today. The, the big change, the, the early years, it was, you know, myself and, and I, then I took on two partners and the three of us did a majority of the work. We measured buildings, we traveled top to bottom. We did it all. And then things began to grow. And uh, it was in the early 2000s that uh, Tony came on. He had many other opportunities and obviously weighed his opportunities and weighed the pros and cons of being in a family business, second generation. But he came on and also learned from the bottom up. So today he's our president. He has taken those early year values that were very important to us, especially family, integrity, being parts of the community and so forth, and really made them a day in, day out part of our company. Our accountant, you know, I'm a little older now, and our accountant always would tell me, you know, when the founder can get a little bit out of the way, that's when the companies can really grow. And I, I, I was telling Tony this one day, and I was saying how offended I was when he told me that. You know, I was like, uh, you know, <laughs> no one can do this better than me. So in recent years, and I'll say several years back, Tony and I have made a real effort for me to stop being part of the management of it, but maybe provide you know, the wisdom and background for everyone around us and the training and the history and how it ties forward to what we're doing going forward. But uh, Tony, you know, as he said in the opening, has really taken this commitment to culture and our set of values and baked them into everything we've done. And it's really taken our business to a completely higher level. You know, I, I right now I have a cup in my hand. It has Five words on it, expertise, objectivity, community, integrity, and family. And that's in everything we do. 
It was back then, and it continues to this day, even though the company has changed dramatically. Wow. Sounds like such an elegant transition, Tony Sr. And, and um, I know that uh, that Tony would say that a lot of that was formed with you and, and how he was raised in, in, in your family. Um, you mentioned in your part about these early mentors. Maybe talk about one or two of them that had an impact on you as you grew up in the business. Yeah, I did mention one banker. And again, we, you know, at the time, you know, I was like any other teenager, I had no money. Uh, my parents were of uh, very average means. My dad was an insurance salesman and my mom was mainly stay at home mother. So um, as the business early on began to grow, you know, we had a need, obviously, for capital, for instance. So I went to a bank or two and was turned down. You know, some of the accounts that you can get in, in the commercial cleaning business are fairly large. Pretty big need for startup capital. You have to buy your vacuum cleaners, your scrubbers, and so forth. So uh, I came across this one fellow. He's uh, no longer with us, unfortunately. Uh, his name was Dick Crowley. I don't mind saying it. It's it a good man. And uh, I can remember meeting with him one day and telling him how the banks had turned me down. And he says, I can't imagine anyone I'd rather give money to than someone with the, the kind of vision and excitement you have about your business. So he gave me enough of a loan to keep things going early on and buy equipment and make payroll. Anyone in business knows that uh, when you're an employee, you don't have to think about those things. But as a business owner, uh, you stay up at night hoping that you can pay the folks that do the hard work for you when you come payday. So that early relationship with that bank and with Dick Crowley was fantastic. He, and the fact that he believed in me early probably had a lot to do with uh, me believing in myself. And then, and again, you know, Tony grew up in, in the business in the family too. You know, I would come home uh, later and talk about these Dick and other mentors that I had along the way. And Tony got to hear some of that and, and uh, I'm sure that all had a lot to do with the type of leader he is today. Yeah, uh, really, you know, tremendous story how this all started, you know, with you and your brother. Um, I, I started my business with my two brothers, so I'm used to the family business concept there. Um, I didn't have a multi-generational business, so we didn't take it over. We just, uh, my two brothers and I started it together. And our mom worked with us, too. So she was our trainer for many years. And uh, oh, that's um, again, yeah, it was awesome. And uh, but when we finally moved the business from Los Angeles to Texas, he didn't want to make that move, <laughs> so we had to let her go. Uh, but it was a <laughs> it was a nice soft landing. Um, uh, you but, fired you know, your mother. Impact. Oh. Yeah, I guess we did. We had wow. to, but um, she was okay with it. So, all right, let's go to to Tony uh, because you know, great story about what your dad built, how he transitioned into the consulting side and and obviously um you grew up watching the business what was that like to watch this family business grow what were your impressions of it and 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 when did you first uh, develop an interest in it i would say um i always had very favorable memories uh, of of the business growing up you know i i would you know, sometimes we'd visit my dad at work and, you know, like he said, my, my grandma was the secretary and she'd always give us candy and chocolate and welcome us. And, um, you know, I also, I admired my dad for being a hard worker. You know, I'd see him leave in the middle of the night to go, you know, cover for somebody that didn't show up or deal with a, a customer that might be upset. Um, and so I was always really proud 
of my dad and, and my uncle and the cleaning business. Um, and and it, they made it look fun too. They, uh, if you know my dad or, or, or especially my uncle, they're, they're very fun and community oriented and family oriented. And even though they're in this hard industry, uh, you know, keeping buildings clean, it seemed like they were always having fun and enjoying themselves. So I guess I grew up just thinking that business could be a lot of fun and interesting and keep a family in, in kind of tight communication with one another. Um, it wasn't until years later where we went to a family business conference and we heard all these horror stories of, you know, family businesses that, you know, tore the family apart. I, that never even occurred to me as a, as an option or something that could happen. Um, so I was really fortunate to have such great memories, even from a very young age of, you know, what business could look like. And, and one event that stands out to me that I think has shaped my career and, and, and my focus is I had a friend whose dad worked, he's my best friend, and his dad worked for a, a really large corporation locally here. And that corporation ended up moving a bunch of people to Texas when uh, when I was in sixth grade. And, you know, so my be- my best friend had to move as well, you know, with, with his family to Texas. And it just kind of, again, kind of really opened my eyes to, you know, the, the kind of the opposite of the family business world, right? Where, you know, it's kind of big, big corporations, you have a lot less control of what you do and where you go. And, you know, they could move you maybe at, at moment's notice. And I was contrasting that with, with my dad, who seemed to have a lot of freedom in the way he ran his company and, you know, could choose his time and, you know, could come to all of our Cub Scout events and all my basketball games. And so from a pretty early, probably, you know, from middle school on, I was pretty sure that I wanted to do, you know, kind of be an entrepreneur like my dad, like my uncle. I didn't originally want to be in the family business. I, I sort of wanted to kind of make my own version of that just to kind of be my own man and, and show that I can do it on my own, uh, which is kind of ironic because here I am 17 years later in the family business. But those are some of my my earliest memories of what I thought about, you know, when I, when I thought about my dad and the, and, and the cleaning business and, and my, my possible future in business. Did you end up going in a different direction at first and then came into the business or did you just... Uh... At some point, think uh, I'm just going to give give this a try. This uh, uh, this current business that Dad is in is something I want to participate in. Yeah, I sort of I, I kind of did both. Being a cautious oldest brother um, uh, mentality or personality, I, I I didn't burn my bridges with the cleaning side of things. I, I I worked in the cleaning business through high school and bought my first car from one of those jobs, saving up for it, and I also helped out you know, when I was in school with, with the consulting side later, uh, you know, measuring buildings and things like that. But I, I, I didn't really, I wasn't doing it to thinking that I would then make a career out of that. I was doing it just cause, you know, it was, it seemed like a good fun way to continue working with my dad. But, I, but in addition to that, I did a lot of other jobs, construction, data entry. I worked at a restaurant and then going to, uh, it's funny. I, I had all these dreams of being, you know, an entrepreneur doing my own thing. But life just kind of kept pulling me back to almost the same exact track that uh, my dad and uncle went down. I ended up going to Cornell, just like the two of them, majoring the same exact thing, business management. Uh, I married a local girl, just like they each did, which kind of brought me back home. The only thing different I did is I worked at Lockheed Martin out of out of college uh, in upstate New York for a little bit. Um, again, thinking that I wanted to just do something different. And, and, and it was really important to me to not just kind of be led right into something I was already comfortable with. I, I like to try hard things and do new things. And I, I wasn't sure if the family business was for me. So I worked at Lockheed, but you know, after not too much time, 
it kind of brought back some of those same feelings I had when I was in middle school of, you know, you know, a big, a big corporation is good for some people and there were wonderful people working there. My, my manager was amazing. My leads were amazing, but I just felt like, you know, I had this golden opportunity to be part of the next generation of this business. I was always proud of why not, you know, try my hand at that and, 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 and go back to that and to not see it as a kind of a lame choice or an easy choice, but you know, a challenge, right. I have to, you know, do even better that, um, than generation one, possibly preserving a legacy and, and building on that. So I think that's how it evolved to me eventually joining uh, the core consulting company. Yeah, it, it's a wonderful story. And it, it brings back again, more memories for me because I did work with my father and followed in his footsteps in very much the same way. Uh, he went to UCLA, uh, as my mom did, he became a lawyer I went to UCLA. I then, you know, after realizing I couldn't get through pre-med, uh, end up going to law school, becoming a lawyer and working with my dad. And it was uh, one of the best experiences of my life. And and uh, when I left there to start the business, he didn't mind because I was starting it with his two other sons. And so the power and the draw of family and those values that certainly influenced my business for all the years that I owned it um, had a major impact on my life as I know it has done for you. I know Tony Sr. talked about how you started from the ground up. So I know you worked in, in the business, went to Lockheed and then came back. But what was sort of this ascent to where you are today as president? Well, I started as, as an analyst uh, and project coordinator. I'm uh, kind of more naturally inclined to that side of business versus you know, sales or, or some of the others. So I just kind of learned uh, what, what, what was fortunate was that the other partner, Steve, was about maybe eight or nine years away from retiring. And so to give myself some separation from, from Tony Sr., Steve sort of took me under his wing and tried to teach me everything that I could learn from him as he knew his career was winding down. And that, that was great. I'm, I'm so thankful for, for that opportunity. He, he was completely opposite personality from Tony Sr. Uh, he was a former drill sergeant, super type A, uh, hard charging personality. Uh, whereas my dad, more kind of laid back, fun, talkative. And it was really interesting to kind of have those two, two different um, personas at the top of our company. And so since I already knew my dad, well, I kind of moved over with, with Steve. And for the first number of probably five, six years, I just learned everything I could from him. And then uh, right when Steve was ready to retire, I, I became vice president right around age 30, I believe, and kind of took on Steve's duties as he retired. Still very much in the, in the project uh, world of things and kind of operations. And then as time went on, I got more comfortable doing more sales and marketing and kind of community building, which again, I'm more of an introverted kind of personality. So I had to Kind of learn that that came a little harder to me than all the analytical project side of things and then in 2020 um right as i was kind of doing the small giants leadership academy tony senior made me president and the, the big shift there was that i kind of had to get out of some of the ops and, and some of the day-to-day -day details and do more with things like culture and values and leadership and making sure you know this bigger company was all moving in the right direction. And that's where Small Giants was really a, a godsend for me and pairing me up with 
you know, other like-minded business leaders to, to teach me how to do that. Cause that was all very new to me. Yeah. Um, Tony senior, you talked about how you at some point kind of had to put your ego aside and maybe when the accountant said, uh, Hey, um, at some point the founder has to step aside family business or not, uh, you know, when you're a founder and you have to start to delegate and start to have to move aside and let the next generation of leaders take over, it's it's a difficult transition to make. How were, we, were you able to be able to, to do that in a way that was smooth and helpful? And, um, and were there challenges along the way in terms of how you and Tony actually ran the business and got along? Yeah, I would say that it was mostly always smooth, but uh, it was kind of a funny story about the way it came about. After Tony had been named vice president and was taking over a lot of the decision-making and operations of the company, he seemed very happy working next to me. And uh, I, I also have another son that works in the business, Vince. But I would hear from third parties, you know, I'm not sure Tony's that happy working here. And I said, of course he is. He's, you know, we're, we're together. We're a family. We're together all day, every day. And one day I kind of sat Tony down. I said, Tony, are you, are you happy here? Are you, is it fulfilling? He said, well, I'm happy here, Dad, but it's not really as fulfilling as it could be because in a way you told me that I can make a lot of the uh, decisions now, but after I make them, then you, you correct them and, and you really make the final decision. You know, is Am I really going to be the leader here, or am I going to just recommend some things? And then you're still really the person making all the decisions. I I really would like to take this company to another level and to another place. And to be fair, I think it's very difficult to be a second generation in a business because you'll probably never get the credit you deserve on taking something that someone's developed and taking it way further than the original person could. So we actually went to a conference together. Uh, my brother Dave and, and Tony and I went. And there were several workshops there about transitions and talking about founders and G1, Generation 1, Generation 2. And I noticed that Tony's favorite uh, conference was one called Whose Dream Is It Anyways? Mm. And when I saw him sign up for that one, it really hit me impactfully that, you know what, I've got to let him make the decisions. I've got to, you know, I've got to step back from that part of it. And if this thing is going to grow to another level and, and, and really mature, then, you know, of course, I have to be around to impart some wisdom, but got to let him make the decision. So we, we came back from that conference, and that was probably... That was year, several years ago, but uh, it's been changed since then, and I really do. I'll, I'll give my opinion to Tony, and after every meeting, I end up saying, look, it's your decision, and yeah, there, there's my two cents. And and I can tell you that 60% of the time, the decision he makes is not necessarily the one I would have made, and that's a good thing. you know. Mm -hmm. and, so, and so we've gone from you know 11 or 12 folks when it was re really me making the call to, you know, near 40 people now, and it's a completely different business. And I think it speaks to a, a, genera a second generation person overcoming the difficulties of being a second generation person and taking the helm. Yeah. Nothing could make me more proud, by the way. 
Yeah. Well, I was going to say, not only are you a good dad, but you're a good founder in the way that you have stepped aside, um, yet continue to have a big impact on Tony and the business by sharing through your experience um, what you feel by supporting the values, but letting those decisions be made. And that's uh, resulted in the kind of growth and sustainability you guys have had over the years. Tony, you talked about this kind of rediscovery process that you went through a few years ago that had to do with um, the, the culture and, and um, how you guys were going to move the company forward. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, sure. I'd be happy to. You know, throughout my time at Core, you know, there's, there's been bumps along the ride for sure. I know we're making it sound like the smooth transition, but one, one of those bumps was kind of in 2019, let's say. I was, I was just starting the Small Giants Leadership Academy, and we were at a point where we were starting to question our identity as a company. You know, we were going through this kind of messy process of going from a founder-led company, um, or let's say father-son led company to, you know, where we really needed a leadership team uh, to be established. We are also going through a transition of being mainly a consulting company into a, a consulting and SaaS or soft, software as a service company as our number of software users was growing well into the thousands. And we, we, we were honestly scared. You know, we didn't know, you know what to make of all that. Are we, are we a software company now? Are we a consulting company? Are we both? You know, we have a lot of our ways of doing business are, are changing as we get bigger. Are we getting less personal? How can we maintain, you know, some of the, the values that we started with? And what we decided to do, and, and a lot of this was was kind of through my time in the Leadership Academy, I, I realized that we, we never really established our values in our, in our purpose statement, in our mission, in our vision. They sort of were there, like I knew they were there. You know, we knew we had something special and we had a good company and people enjoyed, you know, working here. But we we felt like we really have to take a step back and, and really discover who we are, rediscover who we are to have a good baseline going forward in the future. And so, you know, Paul, you and Hemza helped uh, kind of put all this into motion. But what we did was we we hired a consultant. Um, from, that used to work for Panera Bread as their culture officer, Heidi. Um, and we, we started with a, an all hands retreat. And so we did this big retreat. It was, uh, I think it was March 7th of 2020, where the whole company got together at the time there were maybe 30, 25 or 30 of us. And throughout the day, you know, we, the consultant helped us, you know, define our, our company's values and start working on a mission and a purpose and a vision. And we talked about other companies we admired and, and kind of how they did those things. And by the end of the day, we sort of had like a working version of all of that. <laughs> then two weeks later, the company completely shut down because because of COVID. So just very funny timing that, you know, in our whole history, we've never done this kind of rediscovering thing before. And we, and we do it two weeks before the whole world changed where we had to work remotely and completely you know, flip everything upside down. In a way, the timing could have been more perfect because, you know, what better time to kind of rediscover those things before, you know, your, your world changes even more than it was already changing. So that was the, that was the impetus that really started us down the journey of uh, really purposefully changing our traditions and, and the way we celebrate our culture. And just, I'll just kind of fast forward and give you the, the next timeline. So it took us a year to fully define our values and, and culture and, and mission and purpose. Right at the end of 2020, we were coming to the final versions of all that. 
Then in 2021, we implemented some new traditions and monthly celebrations and different things to start really living those values in a more purposeful way. And then since that time, we've just been kind of tweaking the program and playing with the levers to continue to adapt and try to keep up with the changes. And, and we have a culture team, culture club, culture carriers. We have different names we go by, but it's a, a voluntary group in our company that meets regularly. It's sort of in charge of planning and, and executing all these different things. And yeah, so it's, it's been a lot of fun. And uh, But I think it really started with me going through the Leadership Academy just and learning what other companies are doing and then turning that into something you know, uh, that our company made our own. Yeah. I mean, it's, it boils down to the practical tools that you implement. Um, and there's lots of best practices out there, but you have to customize based on your company. Uh, so Tony senior, um, kind of finally around where the company is going and, and, and for you, uh, what's the future hold for you as, uh, as you continue to watch Tony lead this company into the future? Yeah, as I said, I couldn't be happier with my role now. I advise, I work on the tough clients. I work a few less hours than I used to. So I, I work about a normal work week now. And uh, the plan is to just kind of uh, be great to be around forever. I get, as I said, I get to be with my boys. But it is so good to see the legacy there. You know, hopefully you instill those values in your family and then they take that out into the world, which Tony has done and in, and taking them and put them into the company's culture. So knowing that, you know, when the day comes that I am not here one way or the other, whether it's I play more golf or whatever, I, again, I'd like to always be here in some role, but uh, it's great not to have to be at the helm and to know that somebody is very capable in that position. So good place to be. And, uh, you know, just to say I'm a proud father would be an understatement. Well, you can definitely hear it in your voice. And, and Tony, if you're thinking about others that are going down this entrepreneurial road, what kind of advice would you give to a younger person who's maybe starting out in their career based on the experience that you've had? In terms of family business or just business in general? Business in general could be, uh, obviously, your experiences as a part of a family. So there's lots of people that would resonate with that. Sure. I would say a couple things. You know, I've learned the importance of, of really establishing and living out your core values and purpose. So I think rather than wait you know, 20 years into the business to really go through the exercise like we did, I think starting out knowing that and being more definitive about that is good because they don't really change. You know, the interesting thing was, you know, after we discovered our, our rediscovered our values, we just moved to a new building a couple months ago. And as part of that, my dad found that first ever testimonial letter from that first customer he talked about. And in that letter, the customer almost matching our exact words, you could see all five of our core values in his statement as well as our purpose and our mission in this one page letter. Um, mm. And so that I think that just kind of really nailed it home that, you know, what my dad started on that first ever job 27, 28 years ago, like those same values and purpose, even though our company has changed so much since then, that's still kind of behind the scenes what's driving us. And so I think someone just starting, you know, starting their own business really has to think hard and long about 
you know, what kind of company do they want to create, make it really purposeful and try to create something new and special. Um, I would also say keep culture fresh. I, I'm, a, I'm a kind of guy that doesn't like a lot of change. I, I like to just kind of have things consistent, but that doesn't really work for keeping culture fresh and evolving. So, you know, still being true to your core values, just be open to constantly evolving it and getting other people's input. I think that's very important. And then finally, you know, in the last five years, I've really gotten more into meeting with peer groups and mentors and seeing what other companies are doing. And the more I do that and the, and the more I just try to learn from others and, and learn best practices, the, the better off uh, I think we are. So I think it's really important to find some like-minded people, whether it's small giants or another group, but, you know, don't try to, don't try to do it on your own. There are others that have gone through the same exact battles that you're facing and, and why not learn from them and, and build on that. Yeah, that, that's such a great point. I remember in my business with my brothers is probably 15 years into it before I sought out a mentor or read a business book. You know, we can become kind of isolated and comfortable in our little space. Once you reach out and you and start to talk to others and read and all of that, you realize how much you don't know. And then it just changes the whole world. And um, but it's just a the, the two of you are a wonderful story. And like you said, Tony, you saw early on this story, the horrible stories that can happen when you're in a family business and you guys have done it in a beautiful way. It doesn't come without challenges or bumps along the way, but I congratulate you in the way you've handled it. I want to end with these five quick hit questions and ask you both to answer them just off the top of your head, the first thing that comes to your mind, kind of like the association game. Um, so we'll start out with uh, you, Senior. Um, name a leader you look up to. Oh, man. Um Leader that I look up to, uh, the Pope. Okay, good one. Can you think of a great book that influenced your leadership style? Great book In influenced my leadership style. Good to great. Yeah, that's a classic. Can you name your all-time favorite movie? It's a Wonderful Life. That's easy. All right. And how about uh, a TV series you love to binge watch? Binge watch The Odd Couple. Ah, Lastly, is there something about you that many people don't know? Um, probably I'm a lot like Felix. <laughs> I love it. All right. So, Tony, back to you. Uh, how about a leader you look up to? Um, I'd say my, my dad and my uncle and, and also my father-in-law, all uh, local men in business that I've learned a lot from. Great examples. And how about a great book? Um, my favorite book of all time is Huckleberry Finn, but my, a business book that really changed me is Start With Why by Simon Sinek. Mm -hmm. Excellent. And what's your all-time favorite movie? Uh, probably a tie between Jurassic Park and Gladiator, two different phases of life, but <laughs> those are both good. <laughs> yeah. TV series? Um, my wife and I really got into Sherlock when that came out several years ago with uh, Benedict Cumberpatch, probably that one. Okay, great. Well, guys, I'm mean, just such a pleasure to to talk to you, to talk to you again, Tony Senior and Tony, to have gotten to know you over the years. And I just have no doubt what you guys are going to continue to do in growing this business and impacting the lives of not only the people in the business, your own employees, but all the companies that you work with, because that culture, I guarantee, is coming across to your customers as well. I just want to reflect on a on a few things that I heard and I learned today, Tony Sr., just how, how you got started, you know, just that you had the entrepreneurial bug early on, the paper route, selling candy as a kid, 
going to school and starting to clean buildings and and you and your brother started this business together uh, you just st- stayed with it straight from school and you know transitioned after that but you know you started out bootstrapping no money in your parents basement i love the first business card which had the home phone number you know your mom worked for you as the office manager and uh it was uh, in the mid 90s where you saw the need for something between the client and the provider um, how you got that first gig as a consultant, amazing, going to that conference, seeing the competition and said, I'm going to cross my name out and I'm going to go at it as some other way. You get the job and you realize, okay, there's really something here. And and then the company kind of took off from there. So you really were very imaginative in, in how you approach that. And then, you know, Tony came on in the early 2000s and obviously your family values stuck with him. And yet along the way, you have been very sensitive to the fact that that how you started and lead it led the company might need to change over time and you were able to stay involved and and uh but let tony kind of take the reins as he proved himself and and uh rose up in, in the company you were also very impacted by mentors early on from your banker you know people that gave you not only advice but gave you confidence and that's something i think all of us can can learn from tony uh, you you watched your dad all these years and your uncle and in the business. And so you saw it, you liked what you saw. Your grandma gave you candy. She was the secretary. So you had, you had no choice but to be a part of it. But you watched and witnessed your dad and your uncle, their work ethic. They made it fun. These are all things that have obviously impacted you today. And uh, and you saw how even with your best friend and, and how other people that didn't have family businesses Live their lives and and the idea that they didn't have control over where they worked or um, or how they worked and so you know from early in middle middle school you had an interest in being an entrepreneur but at at first felt like you wanted to do some other things followed your your dad's example um, in in terms of school but then went to lock work in a big company for a while at Lockheed and while you liked that you just um, were drawn back to the the family business and and then. Um, Jumped in, moved up the ladder until you know you got the opportunity from your dad to be president um, several years ago. I think it's just wonderful to see how how you guys have built your relationship through being very genuine with each other. And so Tony Senior, when you heard that Tony may not be as happy or fulfilled in the business, you what did you do? You sat down with him and you had a great conversation where you learned that while he enjoyed the business, he felt that there was something more and he wanted to get some sense of direction and, and kind of ownership in, in the business going forward. And, and you listened to that. You saw that session at the conference that whose dream is it anyway? And you realized that you had to step step back a little bit, but stay involved and do what you do well, what you've done to this day. And then, you know, this transition that the company went through back in 2019, where you realized that even though you had these values even though you had a good culture, none of it was institutionalized. It wasn't really baked in. And so the, you took the opportunity working with a consultant to establish them, to document them, uh, to put some structure around it, because that's what you need in order to have a culture scale as you grow. And then through also your own mentoring and learning, you were able to continue to experiment and put things in place that I know are going to take this company into the future, no question. I love how Tony Sr. just oozes pride in the legacy that's going to continue through um, your sons and allows you to um, be proud of all the work 
that you have done to, to lay the groundwork for this. And there's no doubt that those values are going to continue. And Tony, the advice that you give to others is wonderful. Um, live out those core values, but but try to establish them early. And that's what happens with a lot of us. The same thing happened in my business. We were 15, 20 years before we wrote anything down. And that came from one of my mentors who said, you really have to establish these to take it past kind of a mom and pop or family business to something that's going to really be able to scale going forward. This idea of keeping the culture fresh. Yeah, we always have to do new things. And I think both of you have um, benefited from learning from others along the way. So congratulations on what you've achieved. Uh, there's so much more to come, I know, for, for the business going forward. And uh, so I just want to thank you for sharing your stories with everybody. And, uh, um, and thank you for the impact you're having on the world. So really appreciate you guys being on the podcast today. Thanks, Paul. Yeah, thanks for having us, Paul. It was a pleasure. You bet. And thanks for listening to this episode of the Growing With Purpose podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please rate and review it on Apple Podcasts. To learn more about purpose-driven leadership, go to smallgiants.org or follow us on social media. Until next time.